Welcome to the family with special guests, Al Nolan, co-host Catherine Brandt, and Andy Rappernard. Alex will be here at some point. Some point in time. Some point in time she'll be here. Al Nolan, our special guest. We can talk a lot about growing up, about achieving things in sports, about achieving things in life. You've got a lot to talk about today, Al. Absolutely. Mostly LA. achieving. Mostly achieving, that's exactly right. We'll be right back with Al Nolan, our special guest up next. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, it's quiz time. Ooh, I love quiz time. Let me guess. Breck called and they want their diploma back. Easy. I earned that fair and square. In fact, it's right. Ah, well, look what you made me do. Sorry. So what's the question? So you've heard about the new car inventory shortages, right? Yeah, you've mentioned it about a million times. Guess how many 2021 Rogues we have in stock at Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan? Mm, Seven. Close. The actual number is 209. A lot of Nissan dealers are really low, but we're in good shape for the next month or so. So there's no reason to hurry? That's not great messaging. How about don't dawdle? There's a word you don't hear often there, Monty Burns. Yeah, funny. Anyway, the all-new 2021 Rogue is a great vehicle, and we're lucky enough to have a bunch. We've got great leases, and they all come with Walzer Care, which is a 10-year warranty for free. But wait, there's more. Read this. Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan want your trade and will give you an extra $1,000. That's pretty cool. Go to Coon Rapids Nissan or WalzerNissan.com for details. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new, inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. I've never seen you looking so bad, my funky one. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Hell no, our special guest, <laughs> Northside guy. That's all I have to say. We all stick together. 
Did the kids sleep well? Even though he's 37 years younger than me. (laughs) They slept. Good. Oh, the kids did sleep. Fawn woke up looking tired still. We went to uh, Catherine's oldest brother, Jeff, is Italian. He lives in Colorado. So he came to town. So we had a little uh, picnic down at Lone Lake. That's nice. 169. You should have seen my wife, (laughs) my lovely wife down there. She was more wound up than the kids were playing all the badminton and the. Oh, it was. it. It was. Nana, will you please throw out the ball with me? Nana, will you please play badminton with me? And then Reese, my nephew, was yeah. like, Nana, or no, he, no, what does he call me? Catherine, I guess. Yeah. He's like, will you please play with me? I'm like, uh, five throws with you, five volleys oh, with I, you. I threw, the, I threw that through probably 20 <laughs> times for each of them. There's yeah. only one me. <laughs> well, they were all rotating, and Lori got involved, and Dan and I were there, and it's like three children. It's amazing how many people you need to. Sage was cracking me up. I, oh, God. He was I was throwing the ball with, with Fawn, and we got to 20, and I said, if we ever get to 20, I'm going to pass out. I'm just going to faint, dead away. So I fainted, and they thought that was hilarious. So Sage, is running, fainted, yes, so Sage yeah. is running around. Now I'm going to faint. <laughs> he's oh, running, really? he's running he as fast like... as he can. I'm fainting. <laughs> I'm fainting. Yeah, and one of the times you <laughs> ran across the field, was like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, had to, you had to fake out the fainting. Oh, it was weird. hilarious. That was a great time, though. I, Al and I were just talking about that before the show. Is that you know with all this? Well, I mean, I look at the, I look at all the headlines, and I told Al, I, I read the headlines. I, I don't try to read many stories because they're just so negative. Because mm-hmm. everybody in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy, this guy at the Publix down in Florida. I know. Royal what Palm Beach. We used to live about two miles from this Publix where those two mm-hmm. people got shot. Yeah, we've been there. Shop there. Oh, absolutely. We used to shop there all the oh. time, but this guy. He said, and it was a weird quote, he shot a couple of people, a few people. He shot a grandmother and her grandson. Children or grand, just one One. one grandson? Yep, shot him dead. Asked about it, and he he was asked about it, and he said, I wanted to shoot people and children. Mm -hmm. Well, wouldn't children be people? And he had all of these things on his Facebook page about wanting to kill people. Yeah. No but one, nobody cares. No one tags that. Well, Facebook doesn't care about that. Yeah. They're going to block I want to kill everybody. But in any case, we're just, I was talking to Al before the show started about the fact that, that family is very, very important. We're talking about, you know, his dad and where he lives and going to stay with him and all that stuff. And I just spend a lot of time with you and the kids and for that very reason, because I don't really want to shoot people and children <laughs> i really have no interest that's in quite that a leap. I'm, glad, I'm glad that you've said that <laughs> well, now I, I was that's worried a good leap it would make me nice and calm ah that's what it is but i also <laughs> had a nice time and al got here about 10 minutes before the show started and we were talking about uh although he did work at patrick henry direct rival of the polars oh, yes i yeah. did i did you know it's gonna be a problem right patrick henry uh yeah you know, don't worry about my feelings but i loved I loved going to North High School. You said you went there one year. Yeah, I actually started at North High School my freshman year. Oh, you did? Okay. Yep, yep. and then I transferred and finished out at Henry. I called him a rich kid, and he goes, no. <laughs> not at all. No, sorry. <laughs> not at all. He goes, no, not at all. So, Al, tell me about what, what – so so you, you grow up in uh, North Minneapolis. You go to North for the first year. Patrick Henry had a really, really good basketball program. Yep. Uh, do they still – I don't even know. Uh, no, they're not, the, they're not too good anymore. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Sorry, Annie alum. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Annie alum. Yeah. For being honest. Yeah. 
But oh, okay, so then, then you went to Patrick Henry. Yep, went to Patrick Henry. Um, then I ended up getting a scholarship to play at the University of Minnesota. I so I went that. down there for four years. Yeah, played that. under Tubby Smith. Um, then played in the G League for a couple months and played in Germany, Czech Republic for two years. Phenomenal. Really, yeah. the Czech Republic. Great, yes, ma'am. What you think about that? Um, I, I liked it a lot. Of, um, I was about thirty minutes out from Prague in a city called Ustina Labin. Labin. And so um, I was able to visit Prague every now and then. It was really nice. Yeah, say Marsh. She's Czech. What are you talking uh, about? Weird lady. <laughs> 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 Never heard that? Muvlish on Glitsky. Oh, oh there you go. Oh, look at that, Catherine. Shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> right there. Yeah. I had to learn a little bit of the language. So it's a, it's not an easy language. It's not at all, no. It's not weird. No. no. Next time she says, Yakshemas, just say, Dobsha. Mm-hmm. What does it mean, though? It's like, how are you? How are you? Oh. Did you ever see Yuzhi Shmudia? No. Oh, it's like Yuzhi a swear. Yuzhi Shmudia. Jesus' mother. Sakaraminsky. That was my we mother. We still don't know what Sakaraminsky means. Yeah, yeah, I've tried to find that know. out. And, I, and she never told us, and now she's dead. I think, well, <laughs> based, <laughs> based on the sound of it, I mean, you got Jesus' mother. I'm guessing it's sacred something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that was like a... That was the worst. I mean, she Some said deal. shit all the time. I don't know why she couldn't tell me what that meant. Mm. Who knows? For, for me, I think it's kiss my ass. That's why that's why grandma wouldn't say it. Oh you know. Okay. Suck it a Minsky. Okay. <laughs> In any know. case, getting back to reality. <laughs> Have an Al speak some more Czech over here. That'll be good. Listen, that's that's I believe that that means do you speak English, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was all I, I had to learn that. Do they, do they usually speak English? Um, in Germany, a lot of people practice their English with me, so I didn't lot of, learn a lot of German, but in Czech Republic. <laughs> oh, there you yeah, go. In I the cities, learn. it seems like yeah. it's better, Yeah, right? everyone in Prague mm-hmm. speaks English. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Well, if okay. they say no, you just walk away. That's <laughs> true. Or, That's true. <laughs> or you Google Translate. There you yeah, go. Please. Well, you had the, had the great high school career, the great college career. By the way, Tubby Smith said one of the funniest things I have ever heard of my entire life, because he used to go to the same bar over near the University of Minnesota for lunch for almost every day okay and he's talking to one of his buddies and i happen to be be there at the time <laughs> and you'll know the bar the minute i say it but it's fantastic he's talking on the phone to his buddy and he goes i could hear his buddy on the phone he goes where are you he goes i'm at lunch where are you eating lunch and he goes um at a bar right. he goes, what bar you know what i'm gonna say don't you uh, i'm waiting you know right I'll never forget this. It was very, very funny because his attitude was right there. He goes, well, what's the name of the bar? He goes, oh, yeah, it's just a bar. He goes, no, no, what's the name of the bar? He goes, Whitey's. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know where that is. Where is that? Right on Hennepin and no idea. University. No idea. One, uh, yeah, one block east of University yeah. on Hennepin. I might have heard of it before, though. Oh, it's a great, it's a great bar. I believe it. I might have stopped in there. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, and they yeah, call me not? and go, hey, Tom, I'm at Whitey's. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Got a but, good ring to it? Oh, yeah. There oh, there's no question about it. But I just love the fact that he didn't want to say the word whiteies. Whiteies. <laughs> <laughs> was fantastic. I've always thought that was an odd name for a bar. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Whitey was a pretty common nickname. I know, but just. And I, it's, I'm, it's probably a last name, too. People yeah, well, like, I'm white, at Whitey's. Which Whitey? Last name? Whitey yeah. Bulger. Who? <clears throat> well, the, the, the only one I can think basketball of? player yeah. that you, I mean, obviously many years before you mm-hmm. went there, but that was uh, uh God, what was his name again? White. He ended up at Gustavus Adolphus as the, as the golf coach. What the hell was his name? Whitey. I can't remember his last name. Mm. Johnson. But I, we were playing. I was not there at the time, but a friend of mine was playing golf with, with him down when he was down at Gustavus. 
uh, teaching classes down there. And he had, he had an African-American caddy. Mm-hmm. And the caddy goes to me, he goes, sir, what's your real name? He goes, well, it's William White. He goes, I can't call you Whitey all oh, day. Right. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a little tough. <laughs> a little bit. Was, I just love that stuff, man. Right. People had a sense of, I, do you think people still do have a sense of humor about those things, or is it just tough now? Um, I, I think that people still have a sense of humor, but we're in, you know, tough times, and I, I, I think people are starting to kind of really see what's happening. So then they're a little bit hesitant to yeah. have that sense of humor still. Yeah, there's, but, there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah, so. that's a good point. That's yeah. a good way to put it. It's time and place, like mm-hmm. on a podcast, you know, talking to somebody you just met. That's a good time. Not a good time. <laughs> Not a good time. Okay, then I won't do it again. We're done with it. That's it. Two references enough. Yeah, we're good. I mean, <laughs> I did my research. <laughs> oh, oh no. Depending okay. on where you did well, it, you that see the look he's got on his face over here. Look at me, uh, looking very bad. Yeah, I yeah. read up on I didn't you, know the whole Tom. family's going to be here, but that's awesome. That's that no, great. That's why we do this show. Except for tomorrow, to... we're not here tomorrow. He's always here, but yeah. Yeah, the ladies here. leave. But the ladies leave on. They on start the talking about cars. Tomorrow. Oh, oh, I love cars. That's uh, right in my alley. You, call, you know what? I will ask Doug to call Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group. It's called Car Selling Secrets. You should come on if you want to talk about car. You would yeah, love, love being on that show. Mm-hmm. We, I will tell Doug to get a. a, 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 a well, I should just get your number before you leave. No, Tim Blaisdell is a friend of Al. Yes, Tim works over at, oh, at yeah. uh, mm-hmm. 93X and KQRS. That's how, how we connected. Yeah, yeah I uh, don't know anything about cars. I don't even know what I'm driving most of the time. Really? I think it's a I Honda. <laughs> well, they, yeah. Oh, no, I think you're it's weird. a Honda. You get a year of a car and then it goes away. Yeah. You get something new yeah, and you still get what you're given. I drive I a car until it falls apart. I know the brand. I never know the model. Right. I don't care. No, I, so, not yeah. I don't really care either. But. Oh, I know. Dan no. has this car, and it's like a G37. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Is there I'm a name? Can I just say? <laughs> Gotta love it. It's, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Al Nolan is with us, uh, North High School, then Patrick Henry High School, then he went to the University of Minnesota, played on Tubby Smith for years, and now you got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm an administrator at uh, Park Center High School. Right now, currently, and we're just finishing up, actually going to be done on uh, Friday. And then I am falling into my nonprofit. So I started a youth development nonprofit that's going to aim to uh, support at-risk youth in North Minneapolis. That's wonderful. Good for yes. you. What do you, you. What do you try? What, I mean, what kind of activities um, are? So I'm going to pair, like, basketball with, like, informative classroom pieces mm-hmm. that are surrounded around mental health, financial literacy, um, social justice, what else? Wellness and nutrition. Good for you. And so we have like yeah. Form, yeah, classroom pieces, and then we'll go on the court and do some skills and drills. How do you get these kids involved? I mean, how do you recruit them? Um, so just connecting with Minneapolis public schools and letting them know what I'm doing, and then kind of being from the neighborhood and connecting with the surrounding leader principals of the buildings. Okay. Yeah, and I already have a, a bunch of kids of my own. I, I did an after-school program called Men of Integrity at Park Center, so I'm having them help me recruit kids as well. Nice. Mm. See, that's a wonderful thing, Al, because I just Men of Integrity. Who the hell wouldn't want to be in that club, right? Right, right. I mean, who wouldn't want to be in that involved in that whole situation? But was it your your mother, father, your parents? What what drove you to be to giving of your time like you are? Um, my mom and dad for sure, but just my situation of coming from North Minneapolis and then being able to go to you mm-hmm. and just experience that, and just understanding like, man, it's it's extremely important to get an education and it's powerful. 
And um, being surrounded by like-minded people who are motivated and have goals and career aspirations and, and how that can kind of elevate you to another level. Yeah, it's such a great message because that's exactly what I heard. Like I said, you know, Al and I were talking before the show started, but I grew up there. My father was not in the home. He was institutionalized when I was seven years old. And so my mother, uh, which I already pointed out, worked right there at Kilroy's and Merwin Drugstore and raised a family. My older two sisters, uh, you know, helped out as much as they possibly could with that. But I, I don't know. Well, why do you think it is? Uh, you know, I never finished high school. Mm-hmm. I went to college for one day. And uh, I got lucky and succeeded because there were some people that did step up, whether they worked for the city of Minneapolis, the state of Minnesota, or, you know, some church involvement in there, went to Catholic school, St. Joseph's and St. Anne's in North Minneapolis. But they pretty much 90% of the time, not 95% of the time, gave a very positive message. Right. They're like, you can do this. You know, sure. integrity is one thing. Having some integrity and, and, and really caring about things is a big part of it. I, I Do you know already, or because you're going to know if you don't know already, how important this is going to be to these kids? You must know already, I would think. Um, yeah, I know because I was, I was one of these kids. Yeah. And I just, I also understand, too, when you're surrounded by poverty and you have a, a, a lack of resources and things of that nature, it's, it's kind of hard to find your way out and not, yeah. you know, succumb to any of the, you know, uh, drugs or you know, being institutionalized or, you know, those different type of things. It's hard not to. And uh, so, like I said, I was able to to be fortunate enough to get out and be around some different things, see some different things. So I understand how to pull those resources in and try to help support these kids and kind of get them on track and let them know there's other things happening outside of North Minneapolis. Are there a lot of people stepping up doing what you do now? Yeah, there's a ton of people. They just don't get the recognition. You know, they just... They just don't. A lot of the disconnect between it's like living in two Minnesotas. You know, there's a Minnesota that's in poverty, and then there's a Minnesota that's thriving. And yeah, true. The two can't connect. Because I've even talked to people who are, you know, executive, you know, chief executive officers of nonprofits. They're like, man, how do we find people similar to you? I'm yeah. like, they're out there, but yeah. it's hard for them to find each other and connect. So, well, are you are you connecting them now? Yeah, I'm you're, doing my the, I'm doing you're my the best. I'm, I mean, I'm doing my best. You know, at the same time, I'm also trying to start my own and. uh but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do my best to try to, you know, bridge that gap. I think it's terrific. Like, there were some people like that. Although, it, I'm sorry i got to get this out. Mm-hmm. The very first time a person showed up was a young woman, probably in 19, I was like 15 years old, I think, something like that. And she took the time to come into the name. She was not from North Minneapolis. And she had that real kind of like gypsy hippie look to her, you right. know, mm-hmm. back, back when I was a teenager. <clears throat> and she came and, and sat on the couch and she talked to me, what, what would you like to do? And encouraged me, you know, like what you're doing, you can do this. Uh, you know, I checked, and, you know, even though your, your grades weren't all that great, you tested at a very high level and you, you've got a lot of ability. And she was very, very positive and friendly. And the whole time she was talking to me, it was like she'd be where you are and I am where I am. She's on the couch and I'm in a chair. And the whole time I was talking to her, I thought to myself, should I tell her there's a rat right behind her on the mm. couch? Oh. <laughs> yeah. The rat was sitting there. Kind of hard like, to right hear the here. message. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't, if the rat had moved on her, I would have warned her. But moved it didn't. on her. Oh, okay. well, like when at? There's a rat on you. Know, you, know, you know what I'm talking. You don't about. want to startle her. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to startle her. Uh, the rat goes away. We never know. <laughs> and it did. Oh, Thank yeah. God, God it did. But I'll never forget that she's there to try to help me get out of the ghetto, and there's a rat going. No, no, you yeah. ain't going anywhere. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Oh, 
But yeah, there have been people that that I think probably for for all of time that do want to help other people. I think it's a wonderful. You don't get that. You can't watch the national news and and hear them talk about. You know, people like you or that woman that came and saw me, the, the people that want to step up and do things. They don't report that in the news. Why is that? Um, you know what? I, I don't know. But like I said, I, I think it's sometimes it's hard for them to find those people. You yeah, well, I mean? that's a good point. Because yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, to have a platform where people allow me in the rooms because I was a golden gopher. No, I could see that. Yeah. Well, so, your, your name's very well known, too. Yeah, and I, I know how it works. So, you know, right. that's that's why I'm allowed to get in the rooms. And then when I get in the rooms, I'm, I'm able to speak to what the other people are dealing with, but a lot of times they're not allowed in the rooms or at the table, so that's what makes it hard. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta come and watch you sometime. When you, you do like meetings with the kids and all that? Yeah, yeah, I do like restorative practices with the kids. Um, you know, when I was doing that at the school, after school programs where we feed them, I had about six teachers, math, reading, and science alternating on Thursdays. And really? Yeah, I do all kind of stuff. I'd love to come and watch sometime if that's Visit okay. museums. Oh, we just went to the science museum on, yeah. on what is that, Sunday? Yep. Had a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff, for little kids particularly, my God, they were so excited to be there. The high school the high school kids must really enjoy going to museums and all those things, I would think. Now, well, what, what age group are you trying to reach? So I'm doing uh, third to tenth grade. Okay. Um, and I, I was working with, um, well, I work with these young men, the men of integrity from ninth grade. They're graduating class of 2021 20, this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they 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 enjoy it, and also it's it, even if they don't, it's like listen, you, you this is something you haven't seen. This might be something that interests you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So you got to expose them to different things to see. Hey, this this you've never seen this before. You might like it. You might not want to rap. You might want to be an artist. You know what I'm saying? But sure, if you don't no, see anything exactly. else, then you're going to be stuck with that mindset or stuck doing what everybody else is doing. Peer pressure. Now that's a very good. I'm glad you brought that up because peer pressure is huge in the inner city. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when I was a kid growing up, it, peer pressure was, hey, if you didn't kind of follow in line, fall in line with all your friends and kind yeah. of doing. But you know, I think maybe you have to be upfront before you even. Let's say you just moved because we moved when I from, I was at St. Joe's till sixth grade, and then we moved to St. Anne's up on 26th and Queen for seventh and eighth grade. Okay. So I knew one person at the school. I didn't know anybody else but one person. So I just sat back and listened and learned how they operated. Right. And then I was able to step up and kind of fit right in and who the bad guys were. Not a whole lot of bad guys back then, but some. Yeah. But it's the way to do that, to sit back and observe uh, who the good guys are, who the bad guys are, who the, some intelligent people are, mm-hmm. people who can't figure out to get out of their own way. They have to make that decision. You, as a young person, have to make that decision which group you want to hang out with. Yeah, you do. And... um for the record, there's a lot more good guys and bad oh, yeah. guys, but oh, they yeah. only report the bad guys. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's very, very true. But, yeah, so as a kid, I mean, like I said, if, if you're surrounded by something, then, like, you have no choice but to kind of take that on. But if you, you're able right. to see something different and, and get out of the neighborhood and, you know, have some mentors, then, yeah, you can you have a chance. But it's, it's a cycle. So No, it is absolutely. Do you think because so you grew up with both your mom and mom and dad in the house? No, my parents been divorced since I was three years oh, old. Oh, okay. Yeah, did yeah. they both did they both live in Minneapolis? No, so my mom lived in oh, St. Paul. Okay. So oh, I'm, okay. I, I actually didn't grow up grow up in the north side. I moved to North Minneapolis when I was about thirteen. Told you, rich kid. Nah, not at all. So, <laughs> I, so I, I already um, I already just kind of knew who I was growing up in St. Paul. So a lot slower. So yeah. it's real chill. But so when I got to North Minneapolis, I already kind of knew that wasn't for me. But for you, your mom and dad both 
connected with you and communicated with you, so you got the support of both of them. Yeah, for sure. Good, for sure. Good. Yeah, my my mom and dad are great. Like I, I can, I wouldn't trade them in for for the world. So that's wonderful because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's that is a huge deal having a, a woman's voice and a man's voice and and kind of trying to. Did they work together to try to deliver the same messages to you? Yeah, but you and, and like you said, it, it's great because even till this day, you know, when I'm dealing with different things, you know, if, if I kind of want to soak in my feelings, I call mom and she, you know, coddle me. Right. And then, <laughs> You know, yeah, if, well, if, if I really yeah. need to hear, you know, like, you know, I need to just suck it up, I'll call dad. And he's like, listen, just get it done. Nobody cares. Is your dad a big guy? No, no. He's, Is he he's really? a little bit shorter than me. But I mean, is he like a muscular guy? Right? Yeah, he used to have muscles. He's kind of, his belly's kind of <laughs> popping out a little bit now. This is, this is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but you had to listen. I've, I had to listen, yeah, absolutely. That's and it was good. the best thing for me because um, when you become a teenager, it's, no offense, ladies, but it's it's sometimes as a young man, you it's hard to really hear mom. Ah, uh, t- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know when he was. I don't know, what, 14? I think he grunted at me about 12 times a week. <laughs> yeah, he never I always had to words. say, Tom, tell Andy to do this. He would not listen to me. He was surly. Andy. Right, right. He surly. was. Surly. I was like, I was, I mean, seriously, I was like, thank God I got a guy in the house right now. Because I, with this one, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I would have done. I, I really you. don't. <laughs> I would have had to go live with my, you know, my brothers mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, so that's important to have that male figure around. It is. it is. And female figure, obviously. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a very, very important to have absolutely. that whole situation put together. Good God, this is flying by, Al. We're almost, almost got a one minute left in the first segment. Got another segment in you, I hope. Yeah, yeah, I'm good to go. I'm, I'm here. I think it's terrific. But I, I, once again, how, how would people, if they, they're, because there got to be many, many people listening right now that are interested to hear more, how would they get in touch with you? Um, they can just, so I, my website is uh, the Al Nolan Foundation org so al nolan al n-o-l-e-n dot org and so they can find all the information there you know volunteer register their child or make a donation or just reach out to me for any more information like you said, and, and when let's say people want to send you you know some funds to help out where that money goes right to these programs and com- in the community you're, you're setting up yeah it goes right into the foundation um Good. you know getting gear um paying for facilities scholarships for kids um, all that good stuff. So I even got some apparel, and that's all going straight into the foundation. So, you know, me just starting out, it's like I have my own job. So it's like everything right. I'm doing is, is foundation-oriented is going to go to the kids. And that's because, do you think part of that is because even though they weren't together, mom and dad were both there for you, so now you're there for them? Um, For sure. And I had a lot of other people that were, um, you know, had a hand in me being successful as far as mentors and coaches like Larry McKenzie. He's over at North High yeah. School now. That's, yeah. that's one of the reasons Henry isn't good anymore. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay, yeah, North, I understand. North won a couple of titles, so uh, football team's a lot better too at North. Yes, it was a couple yeah, of years ago. for sure. It still is. It still is good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. North High Polars. That's all I got to say. <laughs> we will take a break. Be right back. Al Nolan, our very special guest in the studio, will talk more about mentoring people. How things, you sh- unlike the news where you tune in the news and they just lie to you to make money, this is actually how you help people. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of propaganda out there. Lots, yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. We'll be right back. A couple of minutes with Al Nolan. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. Well, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. 
Made with MyPillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family, which is what we did. Call 1-800-516-5146 or use promo code TOM, of course. 1-800-516-5146. Use promo code TOM or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use promo code TOM. Dan Chesky is here from Dan Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fish and ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan's Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant. Whatever it takes. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, talking to Al Nolan about his foundation, about the things that he's done in his life, how he's decided that helping people is a wonderful thing. We do agree with that. I was talking to Al off the air about how much it does mean. We're talking about it on the air, how much it does mean to people. I personally know how much it means. You know, because, you know, dad's gone, mom's at work for 12 hours a day. Having someone come and say, hey, I do, somebody I've never even met and saying, I actually do care about you is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Do you ever talk about that, the fact that these kids know that, uh, is it just obvious that you care about them and where they're headed? Um, I, I don't think it was obvious at first, just some consistency, yeah. you know, just consistently yeah. checking in on them, consistently, you know, being hard on them about different things that they needed to do. And then over time, they understand. I like no. You said being hard on them in some way. I, that, that's very important. Isn't yeah. It? You can't just let them float. Not at all. It doesn't no. work. You got to discipline them. <clears throat> yeah. You got to check them when you feel like, hey, that let them know why you know something they're doing isn't right or why they need to do something that they're not doing. How do they handle that? Um, I've gotten arguments. I, I've had them, <laughs> yeah, be mad at me for weeks at a time. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah, all the different type of things, but they usually come back around. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. They, because you're there for them. You're not there for you. You're Well, yes, I mean, it makes you feel good. And you, you, in part, you are there for you, yourself, which is a good thing. Yeah. Doing the right thing should feel good. Mm-hmm. It right? does, absolutely. And it does, absolutely. So so they do eventually come around. They really realize that you are there because you care about them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've had a couple couple guys in my group that have gone on not talking to me for a while and just 
talk bad about me in the group chat <laughs> to the other boys in the group and it's just like oh my god and they'll tell me about it but it's like you know i, I gotta be the bigger person as the leader and the mentor now you mentioned they're 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 all young young men and boys mm-hmm. is that correct yes sir uh, are there are there people out there helping out young women and girls as well um yeah i think there's some i don't Good. know in particular of any but i know there's a lot of programs out there that um are supporting young women, but right now I'm just focusing on black males. What I really like about it is, is is the fact that it's not like, well, I mean, governments around the world, not just the United States, but governments around the world mm-hmm. think, that, well, just throw money at it, that'll do it. Yeah. Well, that's not going to be the. It helps, no question about it, to have some if money. If the money around. gets to the kids. If the money gets the to program. the kids, that's true. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Um, but like I said before, you know, sometimes, like I was speaking with a lady, um, who runs a nonprofit, and you know, I was telling her kind of my budget and what I'm looking to do. She's like, "Oh, that's a drop in the bucket," but she's kind of like, "We don't know who to give the money to." And so, like, what oh, you're saying okay. is like, "Yeah, they have money, but they they're giving it to the wrong situations, or right. it's not actually going to the kids; it's going somewhere else." And I'm learning that um, as I kind of step into this nonprofit world, it's a lot different than I thought. Good, good ways and bad ways. Um, a little bit of both. A little bit of both, and I, but that's with everything, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's just true. how it goes, yeah, you know. Very, very true. So. What, what are the biggest roadblocks to these kids? I mean, is to me, I mean, I don't know anything about living. You yeah, know, access, like, access. So, like when we, uh, when COVID hit and we had to go distance learning, mm-hmm. so a lot of students don't have internet at home, right? Um, oh, yeah. Don't have technology to be able yeah. to keep up. Uh, then also they they don't have the skills you know they lack study skills just just a lot of different things so the biggest thing i would say is access just having having that access that's like with the whole community i know at times people may look at north minneapolis community and like well why don't they figure it out it's like hey they don't have access to mental health services they don't have resources you know there's redlining with the housing market right. as we saw right. so there's so many things that go into it um that you know people turn a blind eye to yeah i've heard that um God, I don't remember what it was. It was a huge percentage of kids aren't even logging in yeah, to go yeah. to school. They right. figure that there's going to be 12-year-old dropouts. They're never going to get back to school. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was You know, I was wondering, too. I was like, man, I wonder what um, Minnesota, the governor, can do about this because we're almost going to have a whole lost generation because yes. of yeah. a lot of the seniors. <clears throat> yep. You know, it, it affected them in many ways. <laughs> even like some of our um, our what bilingual students where they might be a first generation and their parents don't speak the language and there's that disconnect of them being teenagers like hey everything's okay right and then months later the parent comes in and you know you have to have a translator and they're like no they haven't been logging on for two three months and it's like oh wow so there's just a lot of different barriers that that people don't account for we have a call from Polly. Polly. hey i just want to say i really love what you're doing there um Well, I I was, um, I don't know, uh, your guest knows who I am, but um, I was an alcoholic. I was in treatment for quite a while. Sorry, a little nervous now. It's a lot easier to talk when um, when you're doing that on one of these shows. (laughs) Um, That is what I understand. But one of the the things that happened to me is when I went from primary treatment to a halfway house, the local church um, donated a Christmas box. I went there on December twenty third, and it had like a hat and gloves and just you know a cribbage board, some shampoo, just simple things. And 
the way it got there was it, there was no red tape involved. It was just people in the community directly donating to the local community. Yeah. Wow. And I, 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 I mean, I'm getting emotional about thinking about it now. But um, <clears throat> yeah, that I think that this is a really great what you're talking about. Paulie, I'll tell you what, the fact that you call in and cry once in a while makes me just happy as hell that you care that much. <laughs> you do. You care that much, Paulie. That means a lot. All the things I've seen and the people that I've met um, through treatment and stuff is just amazing. You realize that um, you didn't have it as bad as they did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or, you know, sometimes worse, sometimes, sometimes not as bad or whatever. Everybody's sure. got their story. Right. And it's just, I just think it's really great what you're doing. Paulie, thanks for calling in. You're a good man. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Paulie. Goodbye. Good night, bye. I love Paulie calls in in tears. You made him cry. You didn't go well. I appreciate Paulie calling in. I do, too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's funny he brings that up because there's there's a church. It's a black Christian church on Logan, just south of Plymouth Avenue. And they invite me over to come over there once in a while and and take part at a mass. And what's so interesting about it is I show up, and then they go out and find homeless people, and they bring anywhere between five and ten of them to these services on Sundays. And I sit and watch it, and it's kind of like the Pauli line, but even way over there. There was a guy they brought in as a homeless guy. He's a white guy, homeless guy. They bring him in. He started bawling because he said, you care about me. Right. And it made him cry like a madman. I will never forget it. And then at the end of my very first uh, service there, I just sat and I observed. I didn't take part, and I just was observing everything. And like I said, uh, that guy just fell apart, and I was like, oh, man, it was very emotional. At the end of the service, every one of those parishioners and the, the minister and all the helpers, everyone came over and gave me a hug and said, it really means a lot that you care. Right, yeah, I believe it. It's how wonderful yeah, it is. I mean, that's how life's supposed to be. Simple things make a huge difference, <clears throat> trust me. They could not have been more more giving and just caring about people, and they just wanted you to, wanted me to know it's really important that you came over here and, and took part in this. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was wonderful, you know. That's awesome. It, it was. It was just just a terrific day. And by the way, the, the minister there, she's about a five-foot-tall woman. I don't know if I'd want to piss her off. Though. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I believe it. She could get a little stern on you if you didn't watch your step. But I, I think, well, once again, I'm looking at the headlines today. And, you know, Paulie mentioned Christmas. You know, we had a Christmas box. Well, now apparently in a certain town in New Jersey, you can't call it that anymore. It has to be called the day off gifts. Mm. Did you see that? Hmm? Well, the you day see off this? gifts? There's a school... Oh, schools. There's, yeah. there's a school yeah, system me. in New Jersey where there are no holidays anymore. They're all days off, and that would include Christmas, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It inclu- includes all, basically, if, if it's a Christian holiday or I think any any religious holiday, because he considered because Martin Luther King Jr. was a minister, that it's a religious holiday, which yeah. it really, really isn't. Well, it wasn't about his religion. No, no. Not, not at all. But oh, yeah, yeah, look, yeah. Martin Luther King, he and Catherine, you know this, and the kids know this, that Martin Luther King Jr. was one of my heroes when I was a kid because he had the balls to stand up. Actually, the, there's a side of me that people get really uncomfortable with because I will get in their face. Yeah. But in a, I try to do it in a polite way at first. I learned that from watching Martin Luther King Jr. Because he was not exactly a small guy. He was a big, right. pretty big fella. And he was very gentle, very, very smart. I learned a lot mm-hmm. from Martin Luther King. The fact they want to take his name off his holiday, I'm not not real happy about that. Yeah, I mean, and 
I know with the holidays and everything, the world's changing. But I will say about Martin Luther King, you know, people love him now, but they didn't love him when it happened. You know, he did get assassinated. Yes, he did. Well, oh, man, how many yeah. guys that year? Five people, I think, got assassinated yeah. that year. And so mm-hmm. we champion him now in America. But, however, we, we have to remember during that time when he was doing what he was doing, America hated him. So, But I think most people in my neighborhood did not. I don't remember anybody speaking out against Martin Luther King Jr. My yeah, that, that could be true. I mean, there was, yeah. there was some, yeah. some parts that loved him, but the mass majority didn't, didn't appreciate him. No, I don't think... Do you think they appreciate anybody that's trying to give them some advice now? No. Or, or was it because he was black? Um, I don't think they appreciate anybody who who goes against the grain or rages against yeah. the machine. Yeah, you might be right about Until, that. you know, later on down the line, then it's like, oh, okay. Same thing with NFL and Colin Kaepernick. Same thing. You think so? Yeah, because they've had to. Now that the world's changing, everybody's jumping on board. The corporations and brands have to put yeah. on the face and put the propaganda out there. Now the NFL is talking about you know social justice issues and causes, but during the time he was doing it, everybody hated him for it. Yeah, he's what. He, but he was right. He had a pretty hard edge to him that might have something to do with. I don't know. I didn't really follow it too much. Yeah. But uh, again, the way I grew up. Yeah, it's so funny about that. Looking back now, the way I did grow up and the fact that Martin Luther King was there and, and you go down the list. People don't know this, but Malcolm X, at the end of his life, had changed his position. And actually, Malcolm X was a very loving and forgiving person. They just, because of what he spoke out, people didn't see him that way. But if you listen to what he said, he actually was very giving and very loving. Yeah, I, I, I think he was a little too brash. And, uh, yeah, probably. And what I understand, too, about, like, speaking about race, you know, you have to, there's a certain, you can't just come out and lash out at people because it's like people right. really don't don't know what's happening. They really never yeah. experience it. So you, there, there's a way that you have to have dialogue. And sometimes with, with the frustrations that, you know, um, oppressed people have, it's like, hey, you're not listening. Um, I'm frustrated. I have built up anger, but yeah. you still have to try to figure out a way to communicate to the masses. So that can be frustrating in itself. Oh, I can see that. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes it rubs you the wrong way and then they don't want to hear you. And then you get called a militant or whatever the case may be. But yeah, it's, it's a it's a very complex thing. I was actually having a conversation with somebody the other day and I'm just trying to tell them there's there's a lot of layers to it. It's extremely complex. Well, there are a lot of layers to it. And again, I want to move on and talk more about what you're you're mm-hmm. doing. But but literally, growing up where I grew up, I went to school. The only people that didn't live in North Minneapolis at that time were Asian people. There are no Asian people living in North right. Minneapolis. But there are white people, black people, Spanish people, uh, Native American people. And we all went to St. Joseph's School together. We all got along famously. I don't ever remember anybody, you know, going after somebody uh, for their for their skin color, their their yeah. anything. Yeah. Now I do remember them going after us because we were Catholic. Though. Mm-hmm. I do remember that seriously. That's it doesn't matter if you're black, white, or whatever. But the fact that you were Catholic, they didn't like that. That's no good. But in our neighborhood, it was pretty good. It was, that neighborhood, in North Minneapolis, I grew up was pretty much you know Catholic, black, and Jewish. Yeah. Back, that was back in the you know sixties mm-hmm. and early seventies. But so I had this wonderful experience growing up with all kinds of people. Never had any problem. Never strife. Nothing like nothing like that. And then I hear people now who are experts at how it should be. It's like you have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> I just think a, a lot of people with social media are able to see a lot more things. Yeah, true. And That's true. And yeah, you know, of course, everybody feels like they have their own opinion, and they're, and they're entitled to their opinion. Um, however, one thing that uh, 
goes over my head sometimes is just like if you just look at the numbers and the disparities in Minnesota, they're, you know, some of the worst, if not the worst in the country. And I know, you know, working in the school system and being in the corporate world, everything is about numbers. So then yeah, it's like, yep. well, how does Minnesota continue to turn their eye to these out uh, egregious numbers, egregious disparities, and aren't kind of addressing them. Because if they were, if it was a situation where something happened in the corporate world and the numbers look like that, they'd figure out a system and to put in place to make yeah. sure yeah. they figure it out. But so that's all you have to look at. I know a lot of people are like, "Well, I can't see this. I can't see that." Well, just look at the numbers. Everybody loves numbers. What do you think the schools could be doing? Um, man, that'd be. I think what you're trying to find more educators for all nationalities. You know what I mean? Like like diversifying the staff. And it's an extremely hard with kind of the demographics of Minnesota in general. Yeah. So you have like a teacher coming from Big Lake to come teach in North Minneapolis and it's like I'm, it's no indictment to the teacher, but of course it's, there's a disconnect, you know, mm -hmm. because they they don't know what their everyday life is. I tell people all the time, it's like me trying to go teach in Edina. I don't, I'm not sure what Edina kids grow up and deal with right. in some of their struggles. <clears throat> it's, very they're, true. they're not the same struggles that I have sure. at, in my household. So I think just trying to, you know, bridge the gap of, of helping them to figure out, you know, maybe some training on, you know, working in the urban community and working with the kids would be huge or having... Um, a program that you know they push teachers through that could get more teachers of color more Asian Hispanic Muslim black in the school system because right now it's lacking okay mm -hmm. yeah you'd probably be a good idea for you know people of kind talking to one another that exactly make sense. No, yeah I, that makes I mean sense. just think about this think about a bunch of people in North Minneapolis going to work at a small town high school is that really to, te to think about it to, yeah, to teach no, at a small right. town high school what what no, would that look like right. is that they the, might not even understand them exactly yeah. and, and then it's, it's going to be hard to teach them because you don't know what they're dealing with and they're going through on a daily basis mm -hmm. and, and there's just that disconnect but dialogue can always help and if people are open to communicating and without kind of lashing out at each other i think we can we can get somewhere i i would hope so i don't think and this is just my opinion maybe maybe the four of you could straight me out on this i do have a problem with our our news uh, particularly television news lying to people the violence that they're causing right now by telling people none of you everyone hates one another and oh my god it's all horrible and yeah there's so much man serious violence going on right now i just don't see how that's helping i really don't yeah yeah it, it's tough um you know even part of with my program and i'm, I'm all about you know bringing in because i know some great police officers and I, w I would love them to come over and chat with our students to absolutely to build that community and uh I just think that, like I said, there's like you, like you're saying, there's a lot of propaganda, and then there's the lack of dialogue between yep, the two. Yep. However, there are things that need to be changed about the police system, but you know they need to have people who are having an issue with them sit at a table. They need to, you know, to have seats at the table. Right now, it's people that don't deal with or have these issues with the police or go through um, different things of like myself and my community go through that are trying to make these decisions. It's so like if you brought somebody in to kind of help you make those decisions and help guide you, it'd make it a lot easier. And can you do that? Is there any chance of that getting done? There is a chance. Um, however, it's, it's it's up to the powers that be to to go find those people and to bring them in. And sometimes people don't like change, so therefore they're not going to do it. And oh, they're going to find it, ways to do it. It also seems now. that everything is stemming from hostility right now. Right now, yeah. yeah. The city, the city council is all hostile. Nobody's actually coming up with 
solutions. solutions. It's yeah. all, we're mad, we're angry, yeah. this has to change, but there's no solution. Right. Well, uh-huh. it's not even change, it's get rid of. <clears throat> yeah, get rid of. They want to get you know, rid of like, the there's, yeah, there's no common, there's no, like, yeah. let's get together and talk about this. It's just like, go away, you're mm-hmm. wrong. That's what I mean, though, with the yeah. hostility. Yeah. Constant hostility. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think that's stemming from, because there's a community of, of people who have, have been suppressing their feelings and suppressing these frustrations. Mm-hmm. And I think that finally, like I said before, the masses are kind of starting to see what's happening, and they're kind of like, well, let's talk now. But it's like, hey, we've been trying to talk for years. We kind of need to see some actions. We want to see some reform. We want to see some things done, some things put in place. <laughs> and so I think that's where the clash is coming, where people are like, well, you're coming at, you know, like, you're coming at me hot, but it's like, hey, I've I've had these pent up frustrations. I understand. I don't you know? know. I don't know why politicians haven't been listening to the people. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why they they won't. And then all mm. of a sudden, we get people that don't want to do anything but be hostile. I don't mm. I don't get why we can't. And that's do not going to get else. us anywhere, like you said. Exactly. It's, it's kind of <clears> no, it's that. not. Mm-hmm. I just. Al, this time is flying by, man. You're going to have to come back. No, they let it fly. It's all right. <laughs> oh, he goes, no. No problem. As he got to come back, he goes, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I never said I didn't want to come back. I just said let it fly. That's okay. What I like is, would you, you know, we're sitting at a table and we're talking truth. Mm-hmm. It's not like, well, what do you think of this or what do you think of that or, you know, hedging. There's no hedging. We're just talking the truth here. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful thing. I don't think there's anything about that. I, I do wish that some people would back the hell off because they think they know what they're talking about and they don't. You and I talked about that before the yeah. show started. They, These people that I'm talking about, they live in different areas. I, I don't mind the fact they want to help. That yeah. part's great. The fact they want to help is great. But just being hostile about it is not a good idea because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. What, what type of people? Give me an example. Like rich white women. Oh. <laughs> you know... <laughs> He just goes, eh, eh. No, I, I think, you know, because I guess maybe a year or two ago, it was like kind of like the movement of the woman. And so, yeah, yeah, you know, women were yeah. empowered and in, in kind of speaking their truth about what's what's happening now. So, you know, they feel emboldened to, to speak their truth and what they see. And women see a lot more than men do sometimes, you know, a lot no, more. I agree with that. And so, I understand that. I know, but it is a lot for these angry white suburban women that have no idea really what it's like. To be black, oh, yeah, to be yeah, poor, for sure. and they're the all running around screaming in everybody's faces about what it's like to be black and poor. It's like you right. don't know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and why are you speaking for people that can speak for themselves? Yeah, and and, and that's tough. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll take allies all the time, you know. But right, right. however, you you but coming at it from once again a hostile, hostile. yeah, mean yeah. place isn't really helping. Right. Right. Then you mean them being hostile towards who? Just screaming and yelling. The world. Yeah. Screaming and yelling for, for like, rights, for social no. justice? No, 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 no. Screaming and yelling <laughs> no, no, and No, no, no. Judging. 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 Oh, okay. I'll give you an example of what yeah. we're talking about. I did an interview a few months ago with the Black Radio Network. They mm-hmm. called me and asked me if I'd talk about it because my morning show, KQRS, had the first two black men on it in the history of radio in America. Yeah. That's a fact. Right. And Minnesotans don't like to bring that up, apparently. Well, a lot of people think I'm racist as hell, which mm-hmm. they can think whatever they want to. I don't right, care. Yeah. But I did an interview, and a, and a young man on there, he said, let me ask you a question. And I got to ask the question. I said, yeah, whatever. He goes, do you think you're a racist? Mm-hmm. I said, do you think I'm racist? He goes, well, a lot of white people are racist. I said, okay, let me put it this way. 
Uh, you can call me that, fine, because I'm, you know, I know me and I know I'm not, therefore whatever. My mm-hmm. wife is a very strong person. He, my son and my daughter, very, very strong people. Right. But one thing I'm not going to put up with is you call my mother racist, you got problems. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, no mamas, honey. You got it. Right, right. No, <laughs> there will be no mamas. Can't disrespect mom at all. <laughs> you can't do yeah, that. No matter what. And that's all I'm saying. And it's, I don't hear that from black people, though. I only hear that from white people who don't even live in the neighborhood. Um, yeah, and I mean, it doesn't, it, it's not going to help our cause to just come out and blatantly call somebody racist no, unless no. it's just an egregious act. But I don't know. It, 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 like I said, it's extremely complex, especially in Minnesota. We all know about the Minnesota nice. Yeah, uh-huh. which is not true. So it, it, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's not true. It's just passive aggressive. It is. Um, Absolutely. And so it's hard to navigate that, I guess, yeah. with Minnesotans and really let them know. Like I said, so Minnesota nice is just passive aggressive. So the way you combat it is say, hey, just look at the numbers. We right. don't have to talk about anything, Minnesota. Just say, hey, look at the disparities um, in the school systems, uh, what the, the the household wealth gaps. Um, the disparities are egregious. You yeah. know, one thing I just thought of, I do hear this from white people once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what about, you know, Danielle Hunter's making $25 million a year. Right, right. They always go to the rich black people. <laughs> yeah. And um, so that was That's something I, I was right. fortunate to figure out. Like I said, going to the U, you know, I, I'm surrounded by people in my mind that have a lot of money coming from where I come from. And in yeah, their mind, sure. it's just like, no, no sure. way. And so I'm like, just just the, the average bear, just just a regular everyday citizen it's like the disparities are wild and yeah, if, and if they, they were anywhere else you know we would really be on top of them but in minnesota nights you, you sweep it under the rug you throw out a couple news clippings you send out some yeah. propaganda you kiss some babies you shake some hands and then we pretend like it goes away and then that community is silenced and muzzled um because they don't have any resources because they don't have yeah. a platform so it's it's extremely hard to navigate however i'm I'm glad minnesota's kind of waking up and i think it took for like all it, of these incidents to happen to be like oh there's a problem it's like yeah there's a problem so how do we address it moving forward al this hour's already over you got to mm-hmm. come back though because i'd like to talk to you more about it. and thank you for being so open about this because a lot of people would be uncomfortable uh, you know talking about this yeah no no problem i'll come back anytime i would love to have you back in as a matter of mm-hmm. fact you should come in like at least once a month and update us on what's going on because you know this family actually does give a rat's ass i gotta tell you that we do yeah i believe you do i listen I, all i've gotten is good vibes from you all i haven't well know. not from me but i mean you're a good guy <laughs> yeah like i said i no, i did my research i did yeah I well that's the on. problem if you did research i <laughs> yeah. got major problems then hey listen, i'm not here to judge you know i'm just here to try like i said bridge the gap and and speak my truth i want to so say i appreciate this. you giving me a platform oh god yes but i want to uh, once again let's talk about how people can reach out to you and help out do whatever they can do yeah they can um please you know they visit my website al nolan foundation.org once again that's al nolan a-l-n-o-l-e-n.org um please shoot me a message if you would love like to volunteer we're looking for volunteers um, any in-kind donations would be greatly appreciated. But um, if you see me on the street, say hello. We'll get it done. Al, thank you so much for coming. And thank, by the way, for your patience, too, because it did take a while to get this thing teed up because we booked guests way in advance. So thank you for your patience and thanks for coming in today. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot you my phone number, so I want to I wanna hear from you once in a while. And I want to stay up, particularly if anything big is happening that, that maybe – you kind of surprised you that it did go so well. I want to hear about that. Yeah, too. absolutely. Can I say one more thing? Yeah, whatever you want. Um, we're going to be starting our uh, summer academy. It's called the Academy of Excellence, July 5th at Falwell, Rex Center, North Minneapolis. So oh, July yeah. 5th is when we're going to be starting it. 
July 5th. That's on Monday. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay, July mm-hmm. 5th. And I do, I absolutely do want an invitation to come up and watch you sometime. Yes, absolutely. Do what you do. Absolutely. I'd love to do that. I'm going to be throwing a kickoff. I'm going to send you an invite in the family if you guys like to stop by. I'm going to be doing a little barbecuing and a little game, and pack on, a sack. And is that July 5th? I'm, I'm going to be doing that June 26th is the date I'm shooting for. We're out of town that day. That's fine. The day we leave, yeah. yeah. Way to go, well. Yeah, that's, we okay. that's okay. <laughs> you know, that's okay. He won't be, he won't be heartbroken. Can you start it on July, uh, <laughs> on June 25th? Like, we'll come over the night before. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, be able to, we'll work something out. We'll work something <laughs> out, for sure. Thank you so much for your time. And thanks to Tim Blaisdell, by the, by the way, too. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, big shout out to Tim Blaisdell and his daughter, Berkeley. She's yeah. awesome player. Minnesota Stars, I believe she's playing for right now. Yeah. Really good player. Didn't get it from her dad. I don't know. I haven't seen Tim shoot a basketball. <laughs> I think he's more of a hockey guy. He might be a hockey yeah, guy. I think yeah. you might be right about that. Yeah. Al Nolan, ladies and gentlemen. AlNolan.org, correct? Yes, sir. Absolutely. We'll see you soon, Al. All right. Thank, thank you for having me. We'll be back with the family.